Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Hey, uh, we are in a series called The Big Three. Say the big three. I want to remind you of something today. The devil is not intimidated by what you used to be. He's not as concerned with who you are right now, but if you want to know what torments him, if you want to know what makes him afraid, he's terrorized by what you can be, your potential, your future, your God-given destiny. And that, my friends, is fueled by hope. Say hope. Here's our main verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Hope is a powerful thing. God knows that when a follower of Jesus begins to live with hope, the chains of despair, the shackles of discouragement and defeat are destroyed, and literally a future is open to unlimited opportunities, possibilities with God. Hope is defined an expected outcome of good. In other words, hope is having an optimistic view of the future. I love the Hebrew word for hope. You know what it is? Yes. Y-E-S. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Say yes. That's what hope is. Yes. It means to stand out or literally to come into existence. Think about that. That's what hope does. Hope says yes. And ha- hope says I- I'm going to come into existence. Now remember from last week, faith is the doorway that when you walk through it, you see a bigger picture. You see a broader perspective. You see God in a more meaningful way. And you see more potential for your future on this earth and for eternity. That's hope, an expected outcome of good. So this letter in, in the, in the Corinthian, to the Corinthian church, Paul addresses a wide range of things like marriage, family, finances, even lawsuits. You name it, it's probably there. But really, he wraps this letter with spiritual things, spiritual matters. He's trying to get them to think about what really matters most, really the intangibles. So he... He, 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 he emphasizes this towards the end. And then he starts referring to spiritual gifts. Um, and he says this. He goes, you know, at some point in time in life, even those spiritual gifts won't be needed. Prophecy, tongues. He goes, they're, they're going to they're gonna fade away. Now, hallelujah, they're needed now. But one day, they're going to fade. And all that's going to remain is faith hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. The medical community has linked hope to everything from more fulfilling relationships, better results in school, more success in the workplace, and greater happiness overall. It makes sense. When we're excited about what's next, we will invest more into our lives and the lives of others. This hope, I believe, will also help us to see beyond our current challenging situations. Hope is a powerful thing. Hope, an expected outcome of good. Hey, how's your hope today? Is it expecting? Is it excited? Is it working? 
Is your hope open for business? I hope to help you today. I hope you leave with hope today. Tongue twister. Because God wants you to have hope. Listen, he wants you to have hope in the present and for the future. As a matter of fact, God is looking into your future right now. And this is what he sees in Proverbs 23, 18. Your future is bright and filled with a living hope that will never fade away. So today, let's move beyond discouragement and defeat, beyond hopelessness, and into real hope to get us to the place where we can believe that something or someone is arriving soon with God and with good. Are you with me? Great. Okay. We'll get there. I think... I think we all know what hopeless feels like, right? We've all been there. Hopeless, having no expectation of good or success. A feeling of despair, without remedy or cure, incapable of redemption or improvement. This is the absolute opposite of hope and the absolute opposite of God. God does not, listen, God does not want you to live one more second without hope. That's a bold statement. One more second, because he knows this in Proverbs 13, 12. Look at this. Well, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. I don't think any of us want to go home and, and try to discourage our children and make them heart sick. None of us, right? Come on, we, we, we want our kids to do better than we did, right? We want them to, we want them to reach more people for Jesus than we ever would. It's not God's will to make your heart sick. He wants it glad, joyful. He wants your heart to dream and to see that dream fulfilled. I love what George Herbert once said. He says, he that lives, or in this case, she that lives in hope, dances without music. I'm talking about my Miss Emily. You know, this just happens all the time. I'll be making a grilled cheese sandwich, eating some food, and next thing you know, she busts out in a dance. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And I just kind of step back, and she's just dancing around, just praising God. I'm like, I haven't joined in yet, probably should, but I'm just like, I'm just watching it. It's really an awesome sight to see. She doesn't care what I think. She doesn't care what anybody thinks. She just starts dancing. She's got hope in her. That's what I admire about her a lot. All you need is a little hope. Is your hope open for business? Let me continue. Hope is actually a byproduct. It's a result of believing, trusting, and knowing God. As a Christian, we find our hope in one person, the person of Jesus. Look at this, 1 Timothy 4.10. That is why we labor and strive, Paul says to Timothy, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially to those who believe, especially to us, my friends. We've got the goods. We've got something that most people don't have, right? We have this living hope. Therefore, real hope is found in the living God. Say living God. God who is alive and well right now. He died once and for all and was resurrected once and for all. And he's alive today. If we put our hope in anything else, listen, we will be greatly disappointed but when we get our hope from Jesus, look at what you get, Romans 15, 13. I pray that the source of hope, here you go, that God, the source of hope, 
will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then, say then, you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So if God is alive in you today, then you will have hope for tomorrow. So if hope is a byproduct of Jesus, how does someone produce it? So let me leave you there for a moment. It's found in Romans 5. It gives us a picture of how hope is actually produced. By the way, we are all producers of something. Everyone produces something, right? And God wants us to produce hope. Look at Romans 5, 1 through 2. I love this. Therefore, first of all, it starts out, having been justified by faith. We talked about that last week. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace, in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That's a lot. That's a mouthful. I really want to go through it fast, but I want to show you this. But just look at all the byproducts that comes through faith in Jesus. Peace, grace, joy, hope. It doesn't get any better than that. So now let me, let me show you how hope is actually produced in someone's life. Romans 5 Three through five. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Now, this hope, I put that as this hope, does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. That's the production line of hope right there. Do you see how it starts though? Remember how it started? Let's just read it really quick. I don't want to get here first. This is important. Romans 5, 3. And not only that, but we also glory in what? Tribulations. Tribulations. Yay. Problems. Tight places. Really, tribulation means tight place. Pressure. Say pressure. Now say yay. Many times, many times hope comes out of adversity. It comes after the storm, after the fire. That's why Jesus said rejoice when you fall into various trials and pressures. So obviously there's a testing of our faith that begins the production line. When the pressure comes, listen, Faith starts the process, but hope finishes the job. Did you hear that? Faith, your faith starts the process. Don't worry. Hope always finishes the job. When hope shows up, you start seeing the promise. And then the promise gets revealed. The work becomes finished. This is so important because it's usually during tough times that we want to give up on hope. Please don't. Hope is on the way. The outcome of God and the outcome of good is coming soon. So Paul shows us a production line that ends with hope and hope is made. And all it starts with, it starts with pressure. Again, say yay. <laughs> right. I get it. Let me touch on it in a moment. You probably didn't know that God uses pressure to produce the powerful intangibles that lead to hope. God uses pressure to produce 
I realize that pressure isn't something we embrace with joy, yet Jesus said, count it all joy when you fall into pressure, right? Tribulation, tight place, come on. Here we go, Romans 5, 3, we're almost done with this, but I gotta, I gotta give you this up front as we count the cost of seeing the hope being produced. Verse 3, 5, 3, not only that, we also glory in tribulation. See, we think that if we're pressure-free, then we would accomplish more. That's not true. If you are pressure-free, you won't accomplish much. Healthy pressure will actually motivate you. Come on. It will get you started that's, that's this production line. It'll get you started towards hope. Now, healthy pressure responded to. A lot of times, sometimes when pressure comes, I'm like, I ain't touching that. I'm just going to go watch Netflix for four hours. You really want to you, you really escape in, into misery? Watch the lions. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Come on, it's going to change. Lord, I hope. Resurrect Barry Sanders. Come on. <laughs> right, please. Or, or trade Tom Brady. I'll take Tom Brady at 60. Seriously. <laughs> Why are we going there? Okay. Listen, it is the trial, the problem, the pressure that actually will bring hope and inspire true change. Many of the greatest ideas, inventions, social change, political change, all came because of pressure or crisis. Pressure or crisis responded with Christ, right? That's the, way God, that's the way God wants it. Not pressure or crisis responded with my opinion or what I want. That never works, right? So count it all joy when you fall into these various crisis, pressures, trials, because you're about to see the change that God wants in your life. And listen, you're about to see the change that you've been praying for. Don't tell me you haven't been praying for this. Oh, God, give me hope. Oh, God, I need this. I need that. Guess what? Here's how, here's how it works. This is how, this is how it happens. Pressure is always an indication that God is making something, listen, or wants to make something. No pressure means no production. And the trial means that God is taking you to the next level. Do you hear that? The trial means that God is taking you or wants to take you to the next level. You think that pressure is making you weaker, but pressure is actually making you stronger, stronger in him. Now, I'm not talking again about unhealthy, destructive pressure. I'm not talking about a pressure that buries you, but a pressure that makes you. Not a pressure that crushes you, but a pressure that creates purpose and hope in you. Paul knew this right here, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. He says, each time God said, my grace is all you need, Paul. My power works best in weakness, Paul. So now I'm glad, he says, to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses, in the insults, in the hardships, the persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. So when pressure comes, listen, lift up your voice and thank God for hope is on the way. Are you under pressure? Do you have problems? Please know that God right now is producing something that's needed 
for your future. Did you hear that? God, God sees your future and the intangible thing that he's producing is needed, not just for the future, for the next people that you reach. Okay, you guys, you still here? Five, Romans 5, 3. And not only that, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces, say it, perseverance. Woo! You know, that defined the power to keep on going. That means the power, say the power, to keep on going. We used to say in the old days, keep on trucking. <laughs> keep on trucking. Perseverance, that's a power word, it's power. The pressure that you've been under is actually producing power. Try this, but don't try this. If you have a friend, buy a can of pop, shake it up. Don't tell me shook it up. Give it to your friend. Watch all the pressure explode. You will then have no friend anymore, but just, <laughs> just let you know. <laughs> when, when, when pressure is handled with God, listen, with God, then pressure produces the power of God and the power to keep on going. So when you're pressured, weak, persecuted, going through hardships, troubles, you're actually getting stronger. You're actually going further. So don't lose hope. When it gets darkest, the stars come out. But there's more that's produced. Look at verse 4. We're almost done with this part. And perseverance produces, come on, character. Say character. Character means experience. Listen, character means proof that you've been through it, proof that you waited for it, and proof that you trusted God in it. See, hope says God is on the way to actually produce a finished product. A finished product, here we go, that proves God, not me. See, this is what we want. I've I, I prayed this morning. Lord, that I would decrease and you would increase. Because when you come to me, like people say, hey, Pastor Dan, pray for me. I'm like, I'll pray for you, but my, my goal is to get you to Jesus. For you to see the God's, God's glory and faith, for, for, you to, for you to see him, for you to see the proof of God. God wants to prove himself, evidence of God, and substance character in you. I'm amazed at companies, businesses, who refuse to hire people in their old age. I think it's a mistake. They have experience. They have character. They have wisdom. They have proof. They've been through the fire. To me, that's a no-brainer. So listen, hire both young and the old. Come on, I'm an old fart. Come on, you old farts. Come on, just, no. Come on, give me some. You young people, listen up. So let's just finish this. As we're tailing it out. So how can I see this kind of hope fulfilled in my life? Well, it reminds me of when... Uh, when I worked third shift at Amway in the folding cartons department. And I, I tell you, man, that was a boring job. Basically, the machine is creating cardboard for packaging, and it, it would come through, and you'd make sure it didn't jam, and you made sure that as it came through, you stacked them and put them over here, put them in a box, and the thing had to just keep going. And, and, but, you know, it's third shift, and right around 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm falling asleep. And when I fell asleep, guess what happened? A pile up down here and a jam up over here. 
So here comes the supervisor. What happened? I don't know, man. Just got jammed up again. God, I, I fell asleep. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. You know, sometimes the trial, the pressure takes a toll. It takes a toll, doesn't it? We get drowsy. Things get jammed up. And so you know what I needed at that moment? This is what I did. It jammed up. I went to the bathroom, took cold water. Boom. All over my face. All over my face. So how do you get hope? to start rolling your life. Sometimes our hope needs a jump start. It needs a healthy shock to resuscitate it. Sometimes you just got to speak hope to your soul. Say, speak hope to your soul. People might say, pull up your bootstraps. Just take a cold shower. When David was troubled, he said this in Psalm 42.5, why are you cast down? He's talking to himself. He's talking to his soul. Oh, my soul. Why are you quiet? Where'd you go? All of a sudden a thought comes. Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. He's saying, Lord, I need you to wake me up. And the way he did it was he said, hope in God. There are times when I simply have to tell my soul Mind, will, and emotions to hope in God. Try it. Say hope in God. That's kind of weak. Try it again. Say hope in God. Oh, come on. One more time. Hope in God. There you go. There you go, Maria. I knew I was going to get that. I knew that was coming for sure. <laughs> right? Hope in God. She knows it. She knows that, that, that there are times when you're, you're kind of down in the dumps. You feel like, what do you got to, you know what you got to do? You got to stand up where you're at, even in your house, and say, hope in God. Tell your soul. Tell your emotions. There's a, there's a God who's bigger than my problem. Bigger than my struggle. And in this moment, God, I choose to hope in you. Sometimes you got to speak hope to your soul. And sometimes you got to speak, I'd say many times, you got to speak hope to your circumstance. And this is where we're going to end right here. Just give me a few more minutes. Say, speak hope to your circumstance. You got to speak with optimism. Speak life into the future when it looks like it's over. That's what Elijah did. When there hadn't been rain for years, there was a drought. People were starving. Businesses crumbling. Cattle dying. Sounds familiar. It was hopeless. But he spoke hope to the circumstance. But let me tell you something important about what I'm about to tell you. There was a drought. Why was there a drought? Dan, what was the reason for a drought? Simply this. It was due to the unwillingness of the king. There was a king, but he was unwilling to, he was unwilling to trust God. He was unwilling to grab hope. See, there's a difference between can't hope and won't hope. Right? God can work with can't hope. It's really difficult for God to work with won't hope. No, I won't hope. No, no. I'm just going to be negative. I'm going to choose to be negative. I'm going to choose to be fearful. I'm going to choose to, I'm going to choose. Like, like that's difficult. You guys hear what I'm saying? Listen, I get it. Some of us are half glass empty. That's me. I got to speak a little louder, hoping God. 
Emily's glass full and overflowing. So I just get around her. She just sets me straight. Sometimes I can't hope, but God brings me to hope. Never fall for the trap of won't hope. Just, 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 just get that out of, the, out of your mind and heart right away. So here we go. Ahab did not follow God. He did not trust God. He trusted only in himself and those around him. And this infected and impacted the people. So God sends Elijah, who did trust God, to the king to let him know that if Ahab doesn't turn back to God, his decisions have consequences. I mean, that's just the, that's just the law, right? Our decisions have consequences. We, we've, we've all experienced both sides. 1 Kings 17, 1. Now Elijah, who was from Tishba and Gilead, told King Ahab, hey, as surely as the Lord uh, God, the God of Israel lives, Ahab, the God I serve, there will be no rain, dew or rain, during the next few years until I give the word. That's some bold faith by Elijah. Because James says Elijah was a man, was a person just like us. And when he said, don't rain, it didn't rain. And when he said rain, it rained. That's powerful. That is powerful. He was a person just like us. So God allows a drought, listen, to send a message to the enemy called pride. He loved Ahab. He loves Ahab. He loves us. But sometimes there's, there's another enemy that we can't see that God's got to take care of. And sometimes we do see it. But Ahab wouldn't let go. He digs his heels and even more. He fights tooth and nail. He just wouldn't budge. See, some people are tough nuts to crack. And because of that, they go through unnecessary problems pressures that produce unnecessary pain that was never in God's original plan, but be of good cheer. He always turns it for our good and his glory. Don't worry about it. But you know, I love the Bible was written for our admonition. In other words, I don't have to make the same mistakes they did. I can make my own. I don't have to make them and my own. That's too much. So year after year, no rain, people suffering. God was hoping that Ahab would turn from his wicked ways and turn back to God and find hope. But he wouldn't. God was waiting for Ahab to hit his rock bottom. See, there are times that God will let us hit rock bottom only to discover that Jesus is the rock at the bottom. I don't think we ever have to really, I mean, you don't have to hit rock bottom. You can just cry out to Jesus and he'll lift you up out of the pit, right? But sometimes, again, tough nuts to crack, Ahab was. Let me give you a huge key to open hope. It always starts with turning back to God. Because the truth is we repeat what we don't repair. But let me say it this way. We repeat what we don't repent of. That's that church word. We repeat if we, if, we, if we don't turn to God in these areas, then we just repeat it. True? Sometimes a lack of rain is simply caused by lack of repentance. A lack of humbly turning back to God. God just wanted Ahab to simply turn back to him. That's all, but he didn't. Please know God's heart today. God does not want to fill you with drought. He wants to fill you with hope. Just turn to him. 
So the unnecessary drought, loss of life, and unnecessary trouble and pain finally has a showdown with God. Always does. God's so good. He comes to have a showdown. Because you know why? It's like he was saying, Ahab, man, this is really affecting a lot of people. And um, I'm not going to have them go through any more of this stuff. So even though, even though you won't turn, I'm coming with something. Here it is. So God shows up with his love and mercy, power and glory. But in order to do that, he needs Elijah. He needs Elijah to put his hope to work, to get it open. Look at this, 1 Kings 18, 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, all right, fine, go get something to eat and drink, Ahab. You're not listening to me, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Right? He sends Elijah, a messenger of hope. Sounds like the gospel, sounds like Jesus. I hear a mighty rain coming. My friends, here it is. Here's the sound. And by the way, we don't need more hype. We need more hope. So Elijah heard something in his spirit. He heard the sound of rain. See, hope always hears from the spirit. Something in your gut that tells you God is coming. God is coming. And then Elijah spoke hope to the circumstance. Elijah spoke hope to the circumstance. He wasn't talking to somebody. He was talking to the, to the weather. He was talking to the weather circumstance. He was talking to the droughts. He was speaking to the dry bones, the dead bones. He was speaking hope to the circumstance. He was saying to the drought, I hear God coming to heal our land. I hear God coming with provision. I hear God coming with blessing. I hear God coming with his power. Sometimes you got to speak hope to your circumstance. And every word of hope you speak is another promise that's filling a bowl in heaven. And soon it's going to tip and it's going to drip and it's going to drop with hope to the earth, into your life, into your circumstance. All the promises, all those prayers that you confessed and believe over the years for your family, marriage, church, city. I hear a sound of a mighty rain. And not just rain, but an abundance of it. Not just a marriage restored, but a marriage renewed. Not just get by with things you need, but more than enough. For God said he'll do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask, think, or imagine. In other words, whatever you can imagine for your life, it's too small compared to what God can do. Come on. It's too small, right? And when you speak hope to your soul and when you speak hope to your circumstance, you will see the God of hope rise up and deliver. You will see the promise keeper. You will see the way maker. This is how it ends. Look at 1 Kings 18, 45 through 46. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind, wind brought a terrific rainstorm. And Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. He was so excited. Then the Lord gave, gave special strength to Elijah. Some of you are here right now. You've been through it and you need some special strength right now. Special strength right now in your life. Mm. He, tucked, he tucked his cloak, tucked his shirt in, you know. He tucked his shirt in because he's like, this is going to be good. I'm going to look good. When I, when I arrive at Jesus, I'm going to look good. 
into his belt, ran ahead of Ahab's chariots all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. So hope arrives. Hope is here right now, my friends. Listen, will you allow me to speak hope into your life right now? Would you just stand as we finish? Just stand with me. And, 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 uh, and I want you, I, I want to, Emily, come on up. I want to I wanna just take a few moments to speak into your soul. I want to speak into your circumstance. These aren't just words. I believe, I believe I'm just like Elijah. You're just like Elijah. Just like Elijah. You need, you need rain in your family. You need rain in your marriage. You need rain for your children. You need rain for provision. You need rain over your finances. You need rain in your life. Lift up your hands. Here we go. Just like you receive it. So, Lord, I speak. I speak to the soul. I speak to your circumstance right now. I hear the mighty reign of God coming to you. I hear what looked impossible now becomes possible. What seemed hopeless now comes alive. I speak to the dream lost. I say to the family that's been broken. I speak to the marriage divided. I speak to the wandering son, the lost daughter. I speak to the sick body. I speak to the troubled mind. I hear the mighty power of God coming to you. I hear the sound of the deliverer walking in your midst. I hear the sound of the anointed one breaking the strongholds of fear and lies. I hear Jesus, the rescuer, the provider, the creator of miracles, the healer, the king of kings, moving in your circumstance and making a way where there once was no way, opening doors that no man can shut and opening heaven to pour out his wonderful blessings on your life. I hear the sound of a mighty rain. Come on, man. Come on. Give him praise. Lord, we want the rain. Lord, bring the rain, God. This is not fantasy. This is faith. This is faith. This is faith. I believe it. Believe that you've received and you shall have in Jesus' name. Stay right there because we're just hearing from the Lord right now. We're just asking him to speak some specific things over you. So Lord, speak to us. Show us, God, what you want to say to encourage your people, God, right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. This word is for people who are feeling weighed down, heavy burdened by all the responsibilities of life and all the people that you're taking care of and watching over, you're feeling heavy burdened. Psalm 95 says, all you got to do is come, worship, and bow down. Just like we sang, Defender, let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. He's the one that you trust. It's just putting your trust in him because he's our God. We're the people he watches over, the flock under his care. No matter what happens, he is going to be your defender. He's the one who is watching over. He takes that heavy burden off of you because he's the one who's taking care of everybody in your life, including you. 
If you feel like you have to take care of everybody and nobody's there to take care of you, he's here to take care of you. So, Lord, bring refreshing, bring hope to those ones who are heavy, weighed down, Lord, by all the responsibilities and all the people that they're caring for, Lord. Take the burden off, Lord, as we just come and kneel before you and put our trust in you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This entire world and everything that's going on is under your care, Lord. You are watching over all of us. We are your flock. We are your people. We are your children, Lord. You're taking care of us, God. You have it all in your hands. We put our trust in you, Lord. Take the heavy burdens off of your people's shoulders, Lord. Give them rest, Lord, for their souls. Give them hope for the future, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You'll never let us down. Keep your eyes closed for a moment because we're just going to open that door of our faith right now. Just, just, I don't know what you're believing for. Uh, I think it's good to be specific. And if you don't know, it's okay. God is going to show you something as we open this faith door because faith is a door. We just walk through. Once you open it, God, the word says you're going to see a vast expanse. You're going to start walking into something maybe you've never walked in before or even seen before. I want you to see it. I want you to see it. And I'm reminded of, of, of how God, you know, he created the earth and the sixth day he created man and, and the seventh day he rested. I thought, man, how difficult that would have been for Adam who, man, he must have been super excited. He's like, God, why are we resting, man? We got stuff to do. We got to name the animals. We got we to get going, right? I want you to know this. When you step through that door, the one thing God wants you to experience is rest yes. and peace, knowing that he's got everything, Right? That, that you, can, you, can, you can just leave those burdens with him. Everything you're carrying, by the way, doesn't fit through that door. Those things don't fit through the faith door. Every burden you're carrying, just lay it down. I don't want it. Like I constantly lie, Lord, I give you the church. I give you my life. I give you my children. I give you the ability the Bible says he gives me the ability to produce wealth. I give that to you. I give you everything, God. They're not mine. They're yours. You, everything in the earth is, is yours, Lord God. It comes from you through you. So why in the world do I want to carry it? So, so just be quiet now. Step through that door. Step through with your imagination. What do you see? What do you see? What do you feel? What's God showing you? What's the promise for you? Come on. Peace, joy, provision. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, God. Some of you are seeing a family restored. That's God giving you hope. Marriage restored. Some of you, you didn't know how how you would provide during this Christmas season. The Lord is your provider. He's showing you. Oh, he's got. He's got it. He's got it. Trust in Him. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all those things will be added to you. hearing the Lord say, you're going to breathe again. Like, I just feel like some of you have been in a tight place, like pressure, like Dan was talking about. Just all this pressure. 
but I see through that, that door that the Lord has open in front of you, you're going to be able to breathe again. It's kind of like a free, like a feeling free and refreshed. Thank you, Lord. All the circumstances in life aren't changing, but you are changing. That's right. You're trusting him more. And it's like you can breathe again. It's yeah. like, mm, there's something wide open. Thank you, Lord. So new breath for your people, Lord. Yeah. Wide open spaces, Lord. Yes. New freedom, yeah. Lord. Thank you. In their daily lives, Lord. New freedom. Yes. Thank you, Father. Lord, we love you. I speak hope into every soul, every circumstance, God. Lord, by faith, by faith, by faith, I declare that these things will bring proof and evidence of even this day today, these prayers, God, things are changing. You're gonna see the glory of God. You're gonna see the evidence of God in your life in ways that you could have never imagined. Thank you, God, that you show up. You reveal yourself, Jesus. This is all for you, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.